Hi, I'm Eddie. I run a comic shop and publish my own comic strip. And I'm Roger, and I run a comic shop and my very own Comic-Con. And I'm Joe, a lifelong fan who does all the real work to make our show go. Every week, we'll discuss the newest insider info that you won't get from your favorite comics and talk to some of our favorite creators and publishers. So come take a peek behind the counter with Tales from the Comic Shop, part of the Geek Nerd Network. Weekly on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Think of the children! Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. trade franchise goodbye okay we're going so oh there we go go ahead brooke <laughs> you're kind of like a savant except that you did pick this movie so fuck you <laughs> jb <laughs> uh, and with that welcome to a very special episode of kiss your franchise goodbye uh, <laughs> the movie podcast <laughs> about movie franchises this is our first episode digging into the so-called vengeance trilogy and maybe last, <laughs> if I don't make it. <laughs> yeah, we may end up murdering each other uh, out of uh, vengeance oh. um, for for uh, feelings about this movie. Uh, Good fucking thing we have sympathy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and excuse me, that's sympathy for Dr. Vengeance. I'll have you. <laughs> Doctor, uh, yes. I didn't go to medical school for five years and Dr. Vengeance. Thank you. They're called doctors. Oh. <laughs> Lots of people go to school for seven years. That's where we needed this one to go. So this is starting <laughs> really well did you see how many times i asked in the chat if i was watching the right movie and no one answered i was like this can't be right this can't be right i was afraid to respond (laughs) sorry a very very rough movie uh so we uh, we are here i'm i'm always terrible i always forget to introduce everybody i'm andy wilson um we've got JB Flinders, long may he reign. <laughs> wow, Hopefully, I see you all next week. Got <laughs> uh, hey. Brookheim, who is very angry about this movie. <laughs> Traumatized. Traumatized by the movie. And, uh, and, oh. and Kit Vandervoort, uh, Wilson. Uh, who is also, I believe, somewhat traumatized by this movie. Yeah. Kid, did you watch it? I did. Of course, like, I'm not no, no, here and not do the homework. No, I don't mean like. Of course, you you. Let me re-ask that question. Did you see the whole thing? Did you have eyes open and watch the whole thing? I I, did I, I would say eyes open and watching all but maybe two minutes. Oh really? There was covering about, like, your eyes. Yeah. yeah. I covered my eyes and like full on covered my eyes, and then for I would say probably half of it. 
I was oh. like covering the top half of the screen and only reading the dialogue. Oh, I've been, I I've been working on my, I've been systematically desensitizing myself for about 20 years so that I can watch horror movies with my partner. I watch horror movies all the time. Yeah. Well, I don't watch the slasher flicks. This, so. is, this is something else though. This, this was. So what, so what we were talking about um, earlier is, um, and, and I do, I apologize to all of you who have never seen Korean films, especially like this, because Oops. I think in general, a lot of them, and Andy, we kind of talked about this, there's, there's a lot of, I think Korean films are a lot more intimate in terms of how they film, right? Like, the, like Kit, you mentioned, a lot of us who watch a lot of American films, there's violence all over them, like totally unnecessarily violent. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like people come in and just d do violent acts in American films all the time. But I think Korean films have a like this level of intimacy about violence. Right. It's a and delicacy it, to yeah, it. Yeah. It's a really good way to put it, Brooke. It's, it's a very unique it's way that realistic, too. But it's like it's like windows of the soul kind of thing. Like, yeah. like they look at each other and they you know what I mean? Like there's this closeness of. And I, and I, I agree. I think that's why it's harder to, um, to watch because it's this extra layer. I mean, and yeah. again, I think this is a, an extreme example of how violence in these movies works. But I mean, if you, if you watch like a battle Royale or I saw the devil or the wailing, some of these movies are just intense. Well, thanks for starting here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I said, everybody go and watch. I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. Um, it's much more Amelie than this. So yeah, there, um, there was, there's this real delicacy to it. And then yeah. the recapping of the words in the people's minds mm -hmm. as the vengeance was playing out as the, the consequences, the, this like very into, it's like you said, it was this, this intimate psychological, not only is your body being fucked, but so are you. So is your whole mind and your whole consciousness. And I hope you rot in hell with this horrible evil. Like it's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's truly disturbing. The violence will leave you naked in a parking lot with only one kidney and you have to walk home. Or, you know, like, sorry, that was that was a really <laughs> no, frustrating uh, part of no. the movie for me. Yeah. I, I mean, there's it's it's this is the epitome of eye for an eye definitely makes you blind. Mm -hmm. Right. Because everybody in this movie is wronged, but then does like the complete opposite thing. Um, and so it is, it's, it's a really difficult movie. I think also because we're taught and, and I don't know if you all agree with this, but I think we're taught to gravitate towards a character in a movie and root for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I think there's a couple of different parts. Of this movie is kind of, I think, like in three parts. Right. Because there's this really slow burn of this plot build in the first 45 minutes. Then there's this really deep character assessment of the dad. And then there's this just bonkers like like you said, Brooke, where you kind of just want to cover the screen for 40 minutes and wait for it to be over. Right. Yeah. And. And through all of these, and and like the first time I watched it, I remember going, when do I find a character I can root for? Like, it's really hard for me to watch a movie and just go, I don't want any of these people to win, right? 
And, and I think that's what was, and, and I, again, I, I, I'd love to get all of your feedback. That was the most difficult part for me is this really is a movie where nobody wins like, and nobody should, yeah. right? Cause everybody morally makes poor choices, even though they're kind of forced into them by, like you said, Andy, there's this weird class undertone um, yeah. of, of how all these things happen, which I thought was a really weird part. Like when the cop leaves the van and says, you know, how much do we need for this surgery? L at least we're not rich, right? To have our yeah. kids stolen. Like that kind of stuff in this movie is so just disheartening because it's a system that's set up to where nobody really, like everybody gets what they were supposed to get, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Do you I, know what it really left me feeling like? It, it sort of embodied this feeling that I've never been able to explain to people. Um, and I've really been thinking about it a lot the last few weeks, even before watching this movie. Um, when, and I, I think there's, which is part of why I can't watch the screen when some of this stuff is happening. There, there are people who live in the world with empathy, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who are real empaths that feel everything. And I believe that um, for me and my particular neurodivergence i i live with this empathic receptor of taking in everything that is mm -hmm. painful i don't often take in the joy of the world in the same way so when i my whole life people would go like you'd look out over a city and you'd see all of the lights right mm -hmm. every time i look out over all the lights of a city all i feel is this this overwhelming consuming sadness because I, I look out and I see darkness and I see pain and I, I feel like this, this energy of the city vibrating. It's such a, a hard space. And it started when I was five hmm. because that's when my parents got divorced. We moved to this home in, in Logan where I would look out over the entire valley and my mom would leave. She'd go out on a date or go out at night or something. And I would scan out of my bedroom window the entire valley and watch for sirens because I was convinced that my mother was dead and that she was going to be in a car accident and never come home. And it, I just like, I look down and I don't see family homes that are happy and love and joy. I, I just feel sadness and despair. And when I watched this movie, it was like this overwhelming despair for humanity and like, the desire for everything to just end because life is so fucked yeah. that no matter what choice you make, we may as well just be dead. And that's how I felt watching this movie. So thank you. Can, can I respond to that? <laughs> Absolutely. In a nerdy way. Yeah. Can I not respond? Can I just go wrap Christmas <laughs> presents now? I just, I, I'm like, I just want to like sit in that for a minute. Um, yeah. So yep there's there's two aspects is like yeah this in like kind of going back to the the whole like absurdism movement where there is no god there is no meaning there's just you know action reaction and you know and maybe not even consequences but i feel like this movie at least sat with the consequences of actions a little bit more than american movies do yeah. and so like there's it's not that like that there's no meaning to the American violence. There's no consequence to American violence. Like something like we'll just, you know, Rambo will go and like 
I don't actually actually know. I haven't watched a Rambo movie, so I'm like, you know, it's but it's good, Star Wars. I mean, that's movie. a good example, up. though. Yeah, good. It's yeah. a good example. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, but it's or like Star Wars. Bronson we're gonna blow or... up a ship with you know millions of people on it, and we're not gonna think about it again. Like, um, and it there's no consequence. Uh, and so, but I think on on Brooks' thing, like human brains are actually like ecologically designed to focus on the negative and it's a survival trait. And unfortunately people with neurodivergence or anxiety disorders or other things, they can't turn that off um, or they have to actively work to turn that, that focusing on the negative off to see other things because your brain is like always looking for, you know, saber toothed tigers and dinosaurs. And so like I would, joke with my clients that there are no velociraptors in the kitchen um like basically you don't yeah. know that i yeah, saw I that movie say. yeah they can open doors now too <laughs> yeah they can open doors they're in the cupboards uh but like you know when you have an anxiety disorder there it's always like the very worst thing is going to happen right. like you know it's snowing outside and if my partner goes to 7-eleven he's going to die in the snow Right. because of because of driving in the snow right. um but i have to like pause that and be like okay that's a psychological distortion mm -hmm. it, but i'm also radically accepting that i have fear and like i have a panic disorder and it's hard to process so it's like mm -hmm. okay radical acceptance here and i i don't think that that's quite right i'm still learning about radical acceptance so i'm sorry for if there's a psychologist listening to it going that's not how radical acceptance works um it's just fun to <laughs> well, say i'm doing my best yeah. that's right yeah. close enough um but i but with this movie particularly it was really just like everybody definitely just kind of reacted and nobody really seemed to think through consequences, but they really had to deal with them. Right. Like, yeah. uh, and it's like, there, there were people I, w I was rooting for. I was really rooting for the sister. And then, you know, I didn't like her initially, but I liked young Sue. Is that mm. her name? I, I'm going to get yeah. all the names wrong guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, when she's swimming over to, to Rhea, to like tell him like hey there's a creepy high guy or i don't know if he would yeah i think by the end he he was supposed to be somebody with cerebral palsy and i find that offensive but yeah yeah like because the we first time I, that yeah the first time i saw him i'm like that guy's on bath salts or some shit right. um and not saying that if you're on cerebral pal if you have cerebral palsy you can't be on bath salts but you know i wouldn't recommend right. it. no i know what yours yeah yeah so you wouldn't I mean, recommend it huh. <laughs> i mean no one no one should be on recommendation that people not yeah, we, we did kind of go off a cliff there with like well do you like i was waiting <laughs> for the end of the bathtubs <laughs> someone tell me what to do with these they're all everything over everything hurts okay <laughs> uh <laughs> um a couple Stupid a couple things y'all brought up <laughs> um <laughs> you invoked star wars so i i have oh. to say like we gotta we gotta talk for two seconds about i feel like there is one character in all of star wars who is really haunted by the consequences of his actions and we've just gotten this amazing tv show of his 
backstory, and that's Cassie and Andor. And in Rogue One, it's one of my favorite scenes where he leaves the ship and he's about to go and assassinate Mads Mikkelsen. And, um, which you don't do on this podcast, by the way. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. We should, uh, at some point, maybe we'll do (laughs) with bath salts. With bath salts. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, but like, but. But you get it. You get like Cassian Andor is someone who has lived through all of that and has internalized all of that. And yeah, and he's not Luke Skywalker for whom all of that like badness and violence is just sort of like washed off and 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 he's okay. Um, right. And and so this is interesting. And I'm I'm glad that we have a show like Andor and JB to go back to what you were saying about like an eye for an eye and, and vengeance. Um, one of the things I found looking into this movie, an alternate um, translation of the title is vengeance is mine. Yeah. Uh, which it comes, which is a biblical saying, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the, uh, the commandment throughout both the Old and New Testament repeated several times to not take revenge for people who have wronged you, but to um, to allow, you know, a higher power, fate, karma, God, wh- whatever mm-hmm. you believe in to deal that vengeance out that you have to uh, continue living your own life. And I feel like this this is the embodiment of that where you know we see people who all of these people who go on a path of vengeance have been wronged Mm -hmm. and they are in many ways entirely justified in what they're doing but the the only thing that they get from seeking vengeance is their own destruction right and even if they had quote unquote gotten away with it if no one had known about it, I don't, I think that we see that none of these people are happy. None of these people are, you know, when, after they've committed the acts of vengeance, they don't feel any better. There's no release. Um, you know, and, and the fact that they then die is just like sort of the icing on the karmic cake. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the big lesson. And that was like his yeah. whole premise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'd like to speak to that too, because sure. it's like, there isn't a way for them not to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. the vin, the, the corruption that has happened inside of them. Yeah. Doesn't let them rest. Yep. They yep. must keep destroying more. It's like the whole idea of shadow work, right? Like we are creating the things in our lives. And if we don't, reconcile with why we're creating those things they will destroy us yeah and and this this it's not like they shoplifted at the grocery store or they told a lie to their mother like it has corroded their souls like acid to where it's going to continue spreading through their lives and through their actions like they cannot let it lie he could have accepted that his daughter was dead and tried to find peace and move forward and, and live life better as a, as a employer and t- 
taking care of the kid. Like there's so many other ways he could have gone with that, but it destroyed his soul to where he had to continue taking action and, and going until there was nothing left of him. And I think that each of them sort of played that out in different ways, a different, a little bit different storyline to the same end result. And I think that's what's so interesting about this movie is it does take different motivation, different avenues to get them all to the exact same place of it will consume you mm-hmm. to the point of complete erosion. Like there will be nothing left of you no. if you start down this road. It's, it's such a unique, I, I think, I mean, all three of you are correct. And, and Kit, I think you hit on a, a, a really good point where it's almost like we're afraid to do that in American movies, right? Like it's oh, brazen, yeah. it's brazen for someone to come out and say, listen, there is no good way to go about getting what you deserve. If you like, you, like you said, there's vengeance has no place, right? There is too fine of a moral compass to to make these decisions and expect to have them have this this outcome, right? And and I think you're right. I mean, and you use the Rambo example, which is an excellent example where your traditional American action hero, one thing happens to them and it allows them to do eight hundred horrible things in the in, for justice of that one thing, right? And I think your Brooke, your point is really powerful where in this case, it, it doesn't make it right. And not only that, it hurts everyone else around you because it creates that vortex um, where it, it sucks other people into to changing their lives for the negative as well. Um, and, you know, most of my studio notes are about kind of toning down how that was portrayed. But at the same time, it, it's a really powerful message um, that, you know, probably gets watered down a little bit because of how violently it was shown, but it, it is, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, right. To, to, like you said, that there was really nobody that ended up winning. And that's a weird thing to watch a film where that doesn't happen. So. Except I'll for the radical that. anarchists, who, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the, the weird Godfather version. ending, right. Where they're all like, like, where's James Kahn? What's going to happen here? <laughs> it's so strange. But anyway. Yeah. I also yeah. wasn't able to feel or see or like process through any of this while I was watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that it does so well is it takes you in so fully that you just fucking yeah. experience it yeah. and you can't even step out of it. It's like so, which is, it's, it feels bizarre to me because I'm like, this is not the most visually engaging and the music, like it doesn't have all the Hollywood snaz that pulls you into a story and makes you believe the bit. Right. But the rawness of it, the way that it was done, I could not, I could not step out of it. I Mm -hmm. couldn't even get myself to pause it and turn it off and take the break that, that Andy took. Like it was so immersive of an experience that I even had, like I, most of this I didn't even process through until I got on this call with you guys because it was so consuming. I was just like, uh, uh, can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. This whole thing is eating me. And and I think that's a really unique, uh, and especially like being neurovi- 
divergent not a lot of movies can take me in that way like I can always like I'm always piecing it together and figuring it out and it's hard for me to to surrender fully to to what is happening on screen unless it's done really really well but this movie was and it it took me completely in and I felt slimy afterwards and couldn't even process through exactly what it had done to me until now and I think that props to them like that was so well done well, and it's weird because, like, I had seen this before, but I don't – it did not impact me then the way that it impacted me now. And I think because I – well, for a couple reasons. One, like, this had been sold to me as, like, the prequel to Old Boy. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, wait, so when are they going to get to, like, the – the the conspiracy about like the the kidnapping ring or how is this going to tie into that and then it never did and so i walked out of it just being kind of like huh i'm like okay i guess i guess that was a movie and uh yeah it was disturbing or whatever um but it it didn't it didn't hit me in the same way and this time i just i i don't know if it's the function of now having children um, that the trauma of the last several years, making me more sensitive to the idea of like loss of children. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as kids started dying, I was like, okay, I, I and I had like forgotten a lot of this movie too. I'd just been mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, that was a movie I saw. I don't remember the, the salient details really. And, um, like I, I, I literally did, I had to stop and like turned on Rankin Bass Christmas specials so I could be like, okay, I'm going to watch a little of Mr. Heat Miser and Mr. Snow Miser for a minute and not like feel so terrible about, uh, about everything. Um, cause yeah, this just like, this, uh, really got me. It was crazy. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because I think, you, you know, Brooke, I think one of the immersive parts for me, I think he uses sound so well. And that was one of the things that really got me was, I mean, you're you're you have this unique main character who um, I, I mean, how he used sound to where, you know, certain things you couldn't perceive as the audience, but you knew something was going on in the background. Right. And you're like help right like do something but and and like when the radio was coming through the wall and you see the dad like i get it now there's all these things sonically that i think don't get used often as much in movies and you know the outcome and you're watching it unfold and you're like somebody step in and fix these right and that was another part that i thought yeah that was another part that drove me nuts because i was going you know, it added this, there, there's a lot of, of that humor in this movie that I think is, um, it's like, I don't know how he does that, but his movies are pretty ironically, um, he tries to throw a lot of these ironic humor bits in there, which I don't know how he does it. And sometimes I don't think they work, but, um, there's a lot of sonic stuff that happens in this that I think does that Brooke, it really pulled me in and I went, you know, help these people like you know because with one thing this this wouldn't have happened 
you know, like w- one visual cue or access to one point and all those little things just built up and really go health crushed insurance. everyone in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Health insurance yeah, with health insurance yeah. or yeah, just stuff like that where it's, it, and it, I guess broke to my, uh, to your point, it made me more frustrated because I really, yeah. you know, everybody could have had a decent ending. Um, but the, all those little cues just didn't work. Um, and even for the dad too, it was too bad. There's that one point where she's talking about how they just need insurance and how mm-hmm. it should be paid for. Like that one line, I don't remember the exact line that she's the way that she said it, but there, the, that seems to be the the pivot point of the entire movie is why don't we have good wages and insurance that would pay for anyone getting whatever surgery they want and being able to have any organ that they need. Yeah. I think was the way that she said it. And it's like, like that line must've been crucial in the development of this story and production and, and the way that they wrote it and these different things. And and when she said that line, I was like, and here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's this is not going to be the happy holiday movie that I was hoping we'd be watching. God damn it. <laughs> I like how everybody thinks I would pick some joyous film for. Oh, we knew you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I turned on Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street later to be like, oh ho ho, let's like talk about like being <laughs> less commercial and like having the spirit of Christmas and like. I rewatched Welcome to Chippendales. No lie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I need naked men better. dancing in front of me right now. Nudity. <laughs> Love it. But but that's the, I mean, I think that's also the thing that stuck with me this time more than anything was the, um, was the class conflict. And mm-hmm. I think also because Korean cinema has been doing this so well and doing it so well recently, um, I, I think I've talked several times on the podcast about how much I like Snowpiercer, which... Um, uh, Park was was involved in as a producer. Bong Joon Ho directed, and then he also made Parasite, which is, you know, very explicitly going after some of these same, um, you know, issues of uh, classism and and deprivation that that people are feeling. And maybe it's just again because the last ten years have turned me into this like crazy leftist you know i remember i remember my parents being like oh you'll be more conservative when you grow older and i'm like well maybe if i'd grown older and been able to like afford a house and like not still be paying off student loans in my 40s and you know all of these things then maybe maybe you're right maybe i would be more conservative if i had you know, all of this capital that I was sitting on that I was feeling pretty good about. But like right now I'm like, I'm with the, I'm with the, you know, I'm ready to go hand out flyers and be like uh, down with the conglomerates and, and stop the importation of American products. So isn't that, that was such yeah. a funny part though. The, I like that. Yeah, destroy like the conglomerates. That. Anyway, sorry, Kit, but I just, no, I was, the conglomerates, I was what a great word. <laughs> I, I probably should put this in some sort of like, uh, like time machine calculator, but I, it was really bothering me. I'm like, how much is 10 million won? Cause I'm like, it sounds like a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I was like, that's $7,691 and 31 cents. Right. 
and which in America for a surgery is cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, and but still, like that's a chunk of change most people could not come up with. Oh no, yeah, and most like, working class people definitely. Yeah, it's like if it's not covered, like uh, you know, to to get you know some of the plastic surgery I would like to get to be able to you know stand up straight and not have you know a lot of weight on my chest because of you know giant boobs. I, it, that's like fifteen grand, and yeah. so to me, I was like, you know. That means we only have to raise half of like one boobs worth of surgery for for her kidney and kidney is a much better use of money y'all than you know right uh but it's it's sad that like we can finance cars but you know there's there's no there's no yeah. like financial system other than care credit to help people who can't raise money for uh, you know, for medical care. Uh, well, there's a whole section of dystopian fiction that I can introduce <laughs> you to about what happens when companies start giving out loans for surgeries and and body parts. But, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna yes. keep watching Joe versus the volcano. And there you go. Luggage. So much better. <laughs> Orange so much soda. Better. So much better. I think I realized a big part of like you talking through that kit. Thank you. Um why this movie hit me so hard. So fuck you, JB. I said that By the way, to all of the listeners, there's a there's a text stream on the right <laughs> side of our box and it's just Brooks swearing at me. <laughs> well, as I was watching this movie, like, oh, now I'm going to cry. Like, it is so hard going into this surgery for my kid yeah. and not knowing how I'm going to pay my bills this month and how I'm going to get her Christmas and how, like, because I have to pay for brain surgery and I don't know how to do all of this. So, ugh, fuck you for just a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it is, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to have to look at this and say, okay, are we doing her surgery this month? Or are we going to put it off six months and make her suffer for six more months so that our deductibles roll over and so that everything else starts for next year and like fighting her dad because he needs to get his surgeries done so he wants to wait till next year and have all of his done with me helping pay half of this like it's such a struggle right and and this movie hits really hard for that for where i'm at specifically for this week um of like i i've gone through my budget probably 80 times this week like trying to to move numbers and make them show up in different places. And like one of the Girl Scouts mom was like, why don't you do a GoFundMe? And I'm like, well, that feels really sleazy. Like, I don't, I, it, it's just, do it's all of these, it's, it's all of these things that come into it. Right. Of, mm -hmm. I want to provide for my kid. I want to be able to take care of it. I don't want to put pressure or stress on other people who want to help because they like, you know what I mean? Everyone is so tight everything is so hard yeah. everything is stretched so thin and and watching these lives fall apart over seven thousand dollars is so real yeah it is and because it's literally life-saving and it's mm -hmm. so real and it's only seven thousand dollars and you know i'm i'm living through a situation where despite despite having been 
uh, separated and ready to be divorced for a year and a half. I'm not because I'm continuing to have my wife on my health insurance Mm -hmm. as she goes through cancer because I don't, you know, despite, despite the fact that she doesn't want to be married to me anymore, I don't want the mother of my children in tens of thousands of dollars of debt because that will impact my kids. So it's like, you know, uh, this whole system is really fucked up. Yeah. And, um, uh, and you're not the only person I know like that, Andy. One of my other good friends has been separated living on their own for three years in a significant committed relationship with someone else and still married to their ex because of insurance. It's ridiculous. And I just, you know, the fact that we, like, it's like, oh, uh, a GoFundMe feels sleazy. Well, at least you're not planning on kidnapping, you know, your your boss's (laughs) kid or something. It's true. You know, so that's, uh, that, that would truly be the worst. We we also do not recommend kidnapping your boss's child. Do not. Yes. Do not do that. That does not help you solve problems. That is that is the lesson of this movie. And we can see from like many a Cohen Brothers movie, like the path of like like I, I like there's raising Arizona where the results are comedic, but there's still a lot of like violence and hurt to several other uh, Coen Brothers movies where people in desperate circumstances make a series of very bad choices and the violence reverberates through everything and nothing, nothing is, is solved through it. Um, So I, this, this feel feels familiar and also different. Um, in the way that like, you know, I think we talked about this, like the, the violence in something like Fargo versus the violence in this is very, very different. You know, Steve Buscemi ends up in a wood chipper at the end of Fargo, and it's still nowhere near as disturbing as, you know, most of what happens in the third act of this movie. So... Uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. And I think Andy, you mentioned there was a big difference in like, there's always that subtle, like the wood chipper example, like, ha ha ha, the old wood chipper gag. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like doing something and looking that person in the eye as they sink under, you know, a water level. Ugh. Right. And you're like, that's just a whole different level of, um, yeah you know, like you all said, it's, it's, it's a separation from reality really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's uh, a line we hear about, but not one I think that gets experienced. And I, I do, I think it's, it's, it's that extra level of difficult to, to, to process, but yeah, this, this movie is a lot about hopelessness and, and that makes it even sadder. Um, because you're all right. You, you never want somebody to feel hopeless, right? That their situation, there's no, 
way to overcome it except for taking drastic action. And um, that I feel like that's pretty common in, in some movies, some, especially some regional movies, like thematically. Um, um, like you said, Andy, about the, the class or the political system. Um, well, and for the un- Koreans. Too common of a thread. Yeah. Yeah, for the Koreans, it's a big, big deal because we, I, I don't think we fully understand the degree to which their financial crisis in the late '90s, like, really, really hurt them and continues to reverberate through their economy even now. Um, you know, in the same way, you know, people won't wouldn't necessarily understand like the the financial crisis of, of 2008 and 2009, uh, not being in America, but, um, you know, as, as bad as that was like the, the problems for Korea and Japan were like far, far worse in terms of like making people increasing the, uh, the divide between wealth and, and poverty. And even though these are, you know, developed countries with, you know, a, a fairly good standard of living, um, it's still, you know, there's still poverty and there's still people living in the working class who have a hard time getting by. Um, and hence the need for, you know, revolutionary terrorist groups. I also want to talk about one of the other issues of how disability is portrayed in this movie because i think that that is a big big deal like obviously the first um the first main point is that our our main protagonist is deaf and does not speak and um i think that is portrayed fairly sympathetically um but it does play into a lot of the film but um i'm interested in how you all reacted to that as a you know as an armchair anthropologist and a disability advocate i of course am going to be happy to see characters with disabilities portrayed well and so i think like the isolation that ria faces where the only person he can really talk to is his sister and his girlfriend like that's pretty that's pretty freaking awful mm-hmm. and um i think it's meant to make him more sympathetic as he starts you know just getting going down this path of darkness um but it also i did i did appreciate for him how honestly like even if he wasn't so if he was if if he wasn't deaf, he would be isolated just by his poverty and like his socioeconomic class. Like think about how their their apartments were portrayed where like it's incredibly loud. You can hear, hear people fighting. You can hear people. So it's like he's still aware of like that there's a bunch of shit going on in the apartments around him. But even though he can't physically hear it. Um, and he's still disconnected from, you know, the four guys masturbating to the sound of his sister in pain next door. Um, you know, and 
so I think it it does disconnect him in a way that is for this film like I didn't feel like it was a, a disrespectful portrayal um I'm always gonna say like hey hire a deaf actor when you're you know when you're casting someone who's deaf um but right. I know that that's that's something that is a not a new battle but it's it's just something you know that that we really want to be outspoken about because it's like, well, we have to hire these, these name brand actors. And it's like, you know what? Everybody has to start sometime becoming a name brand actor. And if you, you know, I don't want it to be like quirky in the eighties where he plays every single person with a disability is one actor. Um, But like having, having actors with disabilities be open about them is, is huge. Um, you know, what Jared Padalecki has done for mental illness in America on Twitter has been, you know, pretty impactful for a lot of people. And then there is, and I quote, retarded boy at River on, you know, on IMDb. And I, I, I did have a problem with that portrayal. Because mm-hmm. one, most people with severe cerebral palsy, even severe cerebral palsy, do not have an intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. Do not have an intellectual disability. But if someone has a severe physical disability, they're often treated like they have an intellectual disability, which we saw with people like how they spoke to Rio. Like when the the doctor was like trying to speak slowly, but he wasn't speaking slowly to be respectful. He was speaking slowly like Rhea was dumb. Right. Now that, that was like kind of painful to watch. Um, that was that was a big thing that I noticed throughout this was just how people treated him. And the like, it's like, oh, well, this isn't just Americans where we like, if we speak louder, we think that people who are hard of hearing can hear us better. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Yeah. And, and I am like, as a person who is hard of hearing, when you speak slower and look at me so I can see your mouth moving, it is much better. I'm going to say that it is much better, but, um, you know, I'm still going to turn on, still going to turn on auto captions in teams meetings and shit. Um, but for the, the kid with cerebral palsy at the river, I found that to be like, very problematic and very hurtful because it was so overplayed and the character was portrayed as being without empathy and like being very fixated on you know the I'm just gonna say the hoggle-esque jewelry that that girl was wearing Mm-hmm. where it's like I just hear like David Bowie what is that horrid plastic thing around your neck um like being so like fixated on that rather than because I was like oh he's going to go help that girl oh the only way he can help her is by grabbing her necklace with his mouth that's hardcore no he's just stealing it yeah and like but I did <sighs> I did think it was, I guess, typical of what I know about like Japan and disability and how they've like a lot of people were kind of shuttered and just kept at home where no one could see them like that. There's this guy and he's just, you know, like kids where they're like, get out of the house, 
just go just go be out of the house for you know two hours and so he's out walking around at the river where the kids play when the parents want the kids to get out of the house and i was like that seems about par for the course because it's you know isolating and gets him out but it's just very frustrating to me like how that how that particular character was portrayed that he, he doesn't even have a name he he doesn't have any purpose except to distract from what's going on in the scene and like i guess uh, it's probably some meant to be some sort of like observation on healthcare and and uh you know being poor in korea but it just it was so it was so very hard to see it done you know in in such a way that it was like oh this is going to just perpetuate these negative stereotypes about people with disabilities yeah and there i mean there were a couple of positive elements that i do not i do not think outweigh all of that i think you're absolutely right um but like they're the police do end up saying later, like when they're talking about like how he he identified um, the people that he saw and what happened, mm-hmm. and they're like he's um, they said what did they say he's disabled he's not stupid yeah um so it's like yeah. It, it also feels like a little bit of lampshading. Like they're like, Oh, okay. Well, we know that we can get away with it. We're going to try to get away with this less than truthful, less than empathetic portrayal of, um, of someone with a disability by at least saying that. So we can say, Oh no, no, no. Like we're, we're covering our bases. And, and yeah. Um, and and he does um i mean he does provide some of the vital clues that help put the story together uh mm-hmm. for president park on his path of vengeance um which is i mean not great it probably would have been better if he hadn't shown up at the river that second time with the necklace and um and helped uncover the um helped uncover the sister's body but you know, it's, uh, you know, but that was part of the story. And so I'm sure that's how they sort of justified it. But yeah, it, it's also just difficult. Um, cause it, it didn't feel respectful or, or right. It did feel othering. Um, and, and that is, I think sort of, sort of part of the problem i think you could have included another character who you know dealt with cerebral cerebral palsy and um you know but where it was more truthful and empathetic so i I agree with you kit and thank you for for sharing that yes um i I don't know why, but it really struck me the the housing that was shown in this movie really like I think brought attention to like living conditions and the the class differences, like the fact that the so-called rich man, you know, pretty much lost everything he owned over 
probably $20,000. And like between the police inspector, like selling his company, paying off a police inspector and like selling his house to, you know, again, like kind of have this police inspector look the other way, I guess, or kill the guy. I was a little unclear about that. But like his house seemed from the outside ostentatious, but from the inside, pretty standard for American homes and like not not terribly ostentatious on the inside. And so like to to realize like that that's a person with a high school diploma that just happened to go into the right field and be able to make it up to middle class and is considered rich by everyone around him is very sad but like watching people like living four or five to a room like you know that one family that in their one room house that you know everybody killed themselves because they couldn't afford to live in their one room house and like you know the four young men feverishly masturbating next door but it's like you know that's a very small apartment room for four young men Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's like that, that social commentary, I think made this movie slightly more palatable to me. Like I, I could take the violence and be like, I appreciate the social commentary. Therefore I'm going to say this movie has some redeeming value as opposed to just being like, you know, slasher porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah i thought that was a really powerful part of it as well like showing that showing the rawness of it showing even the isolation and such closeness right mm-hmm. when you when you spoke to isolation earlier of how isolated um he was but like those the scene of those four boys in that tiny little room being so on top of each other and also in such proximity to be able to hear through the walls like that to their neighbors and still being so singular mm-hmm. in that tiny little space, like a zoo isn't the right word, but this, this idea of these different ecosystems, I guess is the best word I can come up with right now happening next to each other but not interconnected was right yeah was really impactful yeah there certainly wasn't any sense of like community or Mm -hmm. um you know any anything like that these people are in their, you know, private little spaces and they're cut off from each other and yet can hear every, every single thing that's going on in their neighbor's house. Yeah. But there's no, you know, there's no care in that community. Nobody is looking out for each other except for, you know, the, the gossip, the, you know, uh, the violence and, and finding out, you know, oh, somebody died. You know, somebody was murdered, et cetera, et cetera. One of the first concepts of sociology that is taught is this idea of isolation. And the larger the city, 
the more people feel alone and the smaller the town, the more connectiveness and community that there is. And I remember learning that in college and it just pissed me off so much. Like sociology just pisses me off. Like I hated it. Um, and I know we've yeah. talked to that before, but, but watching that play out in this movie um, and my, my disdain for it, my, like the way that I tried <laughs> the people in my apartment complexes, they always hate me because I like I have zero regards for their need for boundaries. I say hi to everyone. <laughs> like I I talk to all of them because they're my fucking neighbors, and so like I make them say hi, I make them know who I am, and I want to know who they and I don't like intrude in their host. Like I don't overstep, but I always say hi. And those who like there was one guy he just moved out of the complex. I assume it's because of me. But every time I saw him, I would say hi, I'd wave, and he never, like, he would never even acknowledge it, wouldn't make eye contact until the day he was moving out. And the day that he was moving out, I was like, hey, do you guys need help? And it was, like, the first time, like, as he's leaving, he was like, oh, no, we've got it, thanks, like, hope you have a good night. And I, I was shocked. I couldn't believe he actually said words back to me. I was like, what? This is weird. Um, but I don't, I don't want to recreate that, but it especially in these complexes it just happens all the time where people just you you exist amongst each other back and forth in and out all day long no one knows each other and it's heartbreaking and and i think they portrayed it really well i want to be your neighbor i see i'm the exact opposite like i will be friendly to anybody but i don't want to engage first because like i just get yeah i get the sense that like people would not want like to be around me <laughs> so i'm just like i'm just like Hi, well they you do know. you know they want people to be around them also it's and it's been really interesting actually this apartment complex i know most of the people who live in my building there's i think there's 12 different buildings um i know the people who live in buildings one building two building three so the other ones are all kind of in the back part of the section but this this particular complex like there's a community that's being built here. We know each other by name and we have each other's phone numbers and we help with kids and pets and meet at the hot tub. And, and I think it's because there are a couple of other people like me who also want to create that. But in no other space that I've lived have people thought I wasn't a weirdo. <laughs> well, you are a weirdo, but in, in oh, a good way. Yeah. In a good way. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it is, it, it's, uh, I, and I think we will, uh, again, I haven't seen the third movie, but um, I, I would assume that this might live on in that, but we definitely see that in, in old boy, this sense of like, you know, the, the, the changes in, in economics and how it forces people to be more separate from one another and um that loss of community and i'm yeah i'm just i'm very i'm i even though i don't love this movie i'm glad that we have it as a connection point for some later dialogue so well i literally just yeah. typed in the comments uh fuck you jb for making me like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well and and it's it's a good point i mean it's the same thing like that whole apartment thing like when would they have ever found the the other boy you know and taken him to the hospital 
had they not been looking for someone else. Like there's that whole other subplot where, you know, here's this guy looking for vengeance, ends up finding this other person to try and, you know, cover the, the hole in his life and then just abandons the kid at the end. Right. Like, like that whole, it's like you said, Brooke, that it's, it's community, but only as far as it gets you in this movie. And, and I wonder how much of that, that's kind of a theme I think carries through a lot of these films, you know, Andy, like we talked about is um, people are as valuable as they get you to your end goal. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I, and I think that's another part, you know, Brooke, like you said, that, that, that drags people down when they don't recognize the power that community has, Um, you know, because again, it could have been a very different where people work together and, and rally and help each other's out and and that kind of thing. So um, I I thought that was another interesting component of, of what you were all saying with, yeah, that, um, that whole apartment setup is, and these people are living behind paper thin walls and they wouldn't even know if a bunch of people, you know, died in a family. Um, that kind of thing. So there, there were, I agree, there were some continuity issues, some things that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, some things I don't think were explained very well, but, um, some of these thematic pieces that carry on across the trilogy, I think are pretty, it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, so I, I agree with all of you. There's, um, again, I think, I think it would have been a lot more palatable to deal with these thematically if there hadn't been four or five scenes that just really you went, uh, did we need that? You know? Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's a really unique, um, I think Snowpiercer did a lot of the same things, right? Andy, where you're like, Oh, it's just a movie about a bunch of people on a train. And then you watch the film. You're like, Holy crap. This movie is about, a complete power dynamic um, and, and all these things that really add uh, layers to it. Yeah. Um, So interesting. Maybe that's what I need. I need to, I need to go watch Snowpiercer again too. When JSA's JSA is very similar, right? So much of the, the dynamic and even, even the host, right. It's right. It's all of these political sociocultural things tie in that, that Brooke, you were referencing. It's, it's, it's a movie that's, individual characters in a, in a sociological space that may not be conducive to them and how do they deal with them? Yeah. Well, and it's Uh, why, it's why I was so glad that Parasite won best picture, not only was, was nominated, but actually ended up winning because I felt it, it showed, you know, that, that there was a a place for Bong Joon-ho and, and, uh, and park and others to, you know, to live in, you know, the American cultural zeitgeist as well. Um, although the question of like, to what, to the, to what extent are people actually taking the right messages here? Uh, I remember, um, in the run up to the Oscars, uh, someone asked Elon Musk what his favorite movie of the last year had been, and he said Parasite. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit, he's just trolling!" Like, because yeah. he's got <laughs> totally missed the point, right? He's got to know that, like, you're the villain in Parasite, right? You get that, right? Like, I don't, I don't know that he he gets that. Like, definitely the guy who thinks that his driver smells funny. 
So, you know, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that the oh and just you know news this week, um, Parasite was included on the new Sight and Sound 100 poll, uh, the the poll taken every year by the British Film Institute and Sight and Sound magazine uh, to. But they pulled Godfather two off, so I'm upset. Yeah. They pulled Godfather 2 off and I would I would like people are like, oh, well, they shouldn't have included the four new movies that they included to take Godfather 2 off. I'm like, no, I think actually they should pull like some of the other some of the other films off of there. But so I don't know, Uh, because, yeah, because I love Godfather Part 2. I mean, I like it more than Godfather 1, which. At at some point we'll have to have that discussion. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to. I really we'll, meant to oh. use those as one of my my trilogies this year, or not trilogies, but yeah, franchises. I mean, I failed you. Yeah. Well, no, we got twenty twenty four. We got twenty twenty four, and we've got a Patreon. We can do whatever we want when we when we start Hitchcock. I think there will be place times when we'll just want to take a break from Hitchcock for a minute, and we'll switch and we to can, Godfather. We could switch in. You know, yeah, that's that's want. a light and that delightful awesome. franchise fri- bleh, franchise to just throw in the middle. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, but it's one. It, it's weird though because I don't mind revisiting The Godfather, even though it is heavy. Like it is a sort of heavy that I can that I can take. Um, this is not a film I will be revisiting anytime. Yeah, I was like, is it heavy no. compared to the crap I make you guys watch? I think you're probably like oh, Godfather, walk in the park. Yeah, Godfather's like an animated film for you all now. Right? Yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> it's like Ooh, the hey, soundtrack is lovely. I love these 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 soaring uh, themes and characterizations. Dead Thanks horse head in the guy's bed. Oh what a treat. <laughs> what a gift. You know? <laughs> what a gift. Stupid Bojack, get out of there. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, – uh, but I, what, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's great to see this area of film being recognized for um, its obvious contributions to what film has been in the last – you know, 20 years as we've moved into the 21st century and where it's going. And um, yeah. And I'm really excited for that. Agreed. I'd like to throw in just a few more. Fuck you, JBs. This is garbage. Fuck this whole movie. (laughs) This is fucking garbage. Fuck, fuck you. That's all for Melissa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did did she, did did Melissa actually send that or is she? No, I'm just, I'm just inputting. Yeah, she may want to wait till next week. And then after the <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite week. side character? Fuck you, JB. Yeah, What's the best song. Fuck don't, you, JB. <laughs> don't don't steal her thunder yet. She may want to Sorry. tell me directly. I'll let her say it herself. Okay, that was really just for me. I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah, no. But, <laughs> I just wanted uh, to say it again. I'm, oh, in, we, I'm enjoying that everybody was so mad at the film, and then we've been talking about it. Now people are like, well, shit. How amazing it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I should. I do want to say Melissa is not here because she found the film so distasteful. She has. <laughs> some other personal business she will be she will be the returning champ next week she just had some other stuff she, she yeah make it today. it's true but she uh, has not texted me uh to you know anything rotten about myself yet so we'll see 
or she is not uh, planning an elaborate vengeance, uh, <laughs> you know, re- revenge tour against. Jamie Maybe this is the last episode of this that you will all ever get yeah. because the vengeance is going to corrupt us all from the inside. We're going to kill each other in the next week and fuck you, JP. I'm oh, tuning into every San Antonio radio station just in case she's reading something on the air. Uh, oh no Not me. she'll do it to the to the christmas station that only plays christmas there yeah That's that way Ma- you'll a, never know with a mariah carey with whamageddon in the background right yep. like, is delilah still a thing because i was like you know she could just call delilah and and talk it out with her is delilah delilah is that delilah, like the call in to delilah on the radio it oh. used to be a thing in the early 2000s. Like, I yeah. used to listen to it on the way home from work. Delilah. Oh. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So. That's funny. We're all like, Delilah, who's calling? I don't know. What, you, what is Do that? I need to shave my hair? What's going on here? What's <laughs> happening? I'm no. so confused. No, I'm we, sorry. We it was Dr. just the only, it was the only, like, radio host that I thought of that was comparable oh is it like dr. was it like dr drew kid. is it kind of like dr drew where people would call in and get it yeah voice? oh yeah okay. but only like the yeah, republican anyway. version yeah okay. but instead of it being about sex and their worries about if they're normal or not it's like lonely hearts and family drama oh so like it's Ann not p yeah so it's like, like... It's like ann landers <laughs> So like uh I know it seems the same. It's not P. Okay. Was was there a name for the show yes. that Tom Hanks kid called into in Sleepless in Seattle? Is that it was very that... much like that. It's yeah. like Delilah, yeah. Yeah. Um that was one of the things that Dr. Drew got most famous for saying over and over and over that squirting is not pee. <laughs> so that's what that reference was. Just okay. like but sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Wow, it I is. didn't know we were gonna go there. Sweet. In the like, in the early '90s or the late '90s, that was like over and over and over. Like every night, I would listen to X Men because I worked the the graveyard shift for a while at a tech support place, and it was like women calling in over and over and over, and it was just it's not pee. <laughs> anyway, was it Doctor Fieldstone on Sleepless in Seattle? Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. Is that what it was? Is that her name? It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't remember. I love love how we we go from sympathy to Mr. Vengeance, which is so difficult to process that now we're talking about Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and how, you know, Dr. Marsha Fieldstone. We've gotten two of their movies on this podcast so far. We got Joe vs. Volcano and Sleepless in Seattle is the one I haven't seen. Oh, I would love to group watch that with you. Yeah, well, we'll make we'll make that happen. Well, it's like while you were sleeping, but not as good. I don't know. I don't know while you were sleeping. Bothering you? I love. He's leaning. Looks like he's leaning. (laughs) What's the What's the movie that it references? The older one that it references? Um, Fair to remember. Fair to remember. Yeah, I think it's right. Or love story. I think we should do a fair to remember. No, is it the one where they originally meet in the... Where they meet at the Empire State Building. Yeah, yeah. we should watch that on the Patreon. We should watch that one, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. 
or hopefully just people hopefully people will remember it yeah yeah and then there's there's Davy's song about love story. Like it's so, uh, it's sad because she dies. What? <laughs> she dies. Shout out, shout out, Davy. Oh, shout it's out that Davey. song. Like, that was a great song. So like that. That's all I can think of when I hear love story. Well, there we go. She <laughs> yeah, just sitting in the kitchen making something, singing that song because she dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie also sad because everybody dies. Everybody dies. Uh, Even the delivery boy dies, doesn't he? Doesn't he kill the no. delivery guy? No, he didn't kill the delivery guy. He just ate her food in front of her. Oh, I thought that, it was the delivery boy got shafted <laughs> because he only delivered one meal. That was the problem. Oh, he was I like, don't... "Next time, don't oh, order just one meal." Uh, then I thought he killed him, but. Oh okay. no! I think he just got up and left. Yeah. Good. good. Yeah, but without because I, I read something. I read something that like yeah, he co- killed the delivery boy, and I'm like, what? I don't remember that. Don't... But I'm not going back to rewatch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I must have blocked that shit out. <laughs> if he did, I don't know. Uh, anyway, and if if uh, if we're wrong, get in the comments and tell us. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. oh my sure, gosh. I'm not rewatching it anytime soon to confirm. So we'll uh, we'll leave that to anyone. Okay, else. but speaking of P, did he throw down the the rug? Yes, after yeah. electrifying her. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh. And it wasn't a rug; it was her blanket. Yeah, it was her. Oh, her it was her duvet yeah. to soak up the pee, and then he put it back on her. Oh, just just. Oh, it was it was really like Jamie, that was, this movie. That was the thing about that particular murder. It was so fucking dehumanizing. And it's yeah. like, why is the most dehumanized murder? Well, that now that I take it's not the most dehumanizing, but it was incredibly dehumanizing uh, because, you know, he he does that sexual ear licking thing just to have conductive fluid to electrocute her with. And like yeah. covers her up with her own pee blanket, and then eats her food while he electrocutes her, and it and it's just like I don't yeah it's like yeah she I'll also just... retains the most power though yeah. during yeah. her death in her yeah. words and her strength and the like you are gonna get fucked. Yep. Yep. Well, and the fact that that her her homies actually showed up, like that, it wasn't just like the police thought where she she was an army of one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I thought when he held when he held her hand in the elevator, I thought that was like one of the most sadly romantic scenes ever. That was so. That was like one of the saddest parts for me is, um, just that. Like, what a. There's there's those little scenes in this that you're like, holy smokes, how would you even think to do that in this movie of just horrific violence? It's like know? that and the um and the cremation scene. I'm just yeah, like that one can go. These are too much. This is yeah, just I, like that, wow. the hand holding I didn't I didn't have as much problem with. The cremation scene, that's a good studio note, Andy. That can go. Yeah. We don't need that one again. I don't need any more autopsy or cremation scenes for no reason. Yeah. So. Um uh, okay, well, maybe it's a good time to transition into 
studio notes then because i think we've we've arrived there um i can uh tell you though this movie was not a uh a box office um success uh, success it may imagine going to the theater and watching this oh my gosh like yeah there's no way Forty forty five thousand two hundred and forty three dollars. It played a total of forty theaters. Yeah, it wasn't across big. the U.S. total. It didn't do so. really well in Korea either, though, which was kind of surprising. It did after it, his success from JSA and such. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did okay critically, but not enough. But yeah, it wasn't like a huge home run, but it was enough to get him some oomph. To be able to do old boy next, which was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, adjusted for inflation, that's six uh sixty-four thousand dollars. That's not well that much. that makes us so, all feel better. Good. Yeah. Um, at least it made more than bankrupted was it Orion President Park. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. I thought we we're talking <laughs> it's better than UHF who lost all their money in <laughs> oh, that's sad. I loved UHF. That's yeah. crazy. It's too bad. Anyway, um, so yeah, did not do well at the box office, but studio notes. Um, I, I think we we can all agree that like to deep six the cremation scene. Agreed. Um, and I agree with you on the. I I didn't need the autopsy as well. That seemed. Who goes to their child's autopsy? Yeah. Yeah, that's that was disturbing. I like, would. I mean, it makes it makes sense in the sense of when you like the the part you're talking about, Kit, where how dehumanizing he became. Yeah, like I can see right. where you you show that scene to to see him legitimately psychologically break. Yeah, I and, think, and, I, but yeah. still, I mean, you could imply it, right? I think that's probably why they did it. I I feel like that is mm-hmm. they were showing us just to how break far this. This yeah, he's like, like he just snapped. Yeah. It's like we get autopsy, the dream, then the then the cremation scene, and then it's like, okay, yeah, he's he's no longer a human. He's a wraith. He is a being of pure vengeance. That's it. He's not, you know, he's not connected to humanity anymore. It's so. it's it's very similar to, although not in that spectrum uh, or grandiosity. Um, the scene of Ryu at the uh, batting cages. Yeah. You see the same. uh, I mean, those, those two scenes really do show people who have just disassociated Mm -hmm. um, at at least perceptively. So, well, I think Ryu at the batting cages is like Ryu is trying to do something to recover. Like he is, he is angry, justifiably angry and feels broken and is doing something that is semi-productive with that anger. It was later on after, you know, his sister died and his girlfriend died and he just, he broke twice. Like I felt like him holding her hand was him just kind of accepting that this is how he was going to end. And uh, you know, that, that it didn't matter as long as he got vengeance for her and his sister, like nothing else mattered 
in yeah, white. Yeah, and there was I no guess I should say this: the second batting cage part. I oh, the second, yeah, batting using people's heads for batting practice is not. Yeah. Also, because you're right. Advised. Yeah, that first scene at the very beginning where he's at the batting cages, I I totally agree. But the, I remember they showed it again. And I'm like, why is he at the batting cages again? And then he was at like the sporting goods store trying out bats. I'm like, this is not gonna go well yeah (laughs) but no i totally agree with you i think i don't yeah i forgot i forgot that he was being shown like i thought he was just swinging the bat at the sporting goods store because it was so kind of choppy right um but yeah i think that was a continuity problem i totally agree with you there but yeah i felt like he never really i mean he kind of went off the deep end but not like you know, the father character dead where you're like, holy smokes, this dude is. But then again, they end up in the same place with these horrible acts. You go, yeah. uh, like you're, you said, Kit, maybe it's just continuity where um, it was easier to show one disassociation over another, but you're right on. Well, and I think, you know, Ryu is taking vengeance on people who are really, really bad people. And, Mr. Park is taking vengeance on Ryu, who has committed a bunch of truly heinous acts. So, and, and who, and who got his daughter killed, like is not blameless in this. So it's like, do you have sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? No. Um, But do you understand like, the different layers of this and how this is all about mm-hmm. people who are hurting, hurting other people. And um, do they deserve it? Some of them more so, some of them not. You know, it's that Gandalf quote. Like, you know, many people who uh, live deserve to die. Are you going to give it to them? Like, yeah. well, maybe, you know, it's a important lesson, important question. You, you do raise the good point, though, Andy. Like, I don't... Th- I think this movie culminated the way it needed to because there certainly couldn't be a winner. You know what I mean? Like this movie had to end the way it did. Absolutely. It would have defeated the purpose. And I, and I feel like if they ever remade this in the U S to, to Kit's point, it, it would be some, like somebody redeems themselves at the end heroically or some, some total you know what I mean? bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, it's like that's... Mr. Park would have said like, you're a good person. I'm taking you to the police as opposed to like, as opposed to, um, cause it's like, what is he doing under there? And you're like, Oh, he's making him helpless. Just like, uh, you know, his daughter, yeah. just like you son. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it was, it would, it would, he would stop there, I think, before he cut someone, you know, before he cut Rhea. And yeah. I, what they, a moment. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I yeah. honestly, I, yeah, I was like, I hope they don't remake this because I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> Do not well, we know Brooke wouldn't. Bad yeah. news. I don't want to see you know what Jeremy I fucking Renner you, and like, oh golly, who would they cast as Rhea? Um, hopefully a deaf actor uh you know and some yeah. new up and coming hot you know deaf actor uh but right now it's ansel elgort um jonah well, hill and channing tatum yeah they, they would have cast oh, tom cruise they would cast tom cruise as as mr park yeah you're right uh, 
Uh, Man, I, might, I'm, I mean, that, that would be like his collateral character, though. Hmm. Int- well, Collateral's an interesting movie. We should we should talk about Collateral. I love Collateral. That's one of my, Michael I think, Mann. one of his yes. best roles. I think I mean, it's oh. one of Michael Mann's best movies. Maybe it, his it's an best incredible. Movie. Yeah, it's yeah. an incredible. You mean you like good movies too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. If they remade this movie, I would go see it because they've taken so much away from this one. So, um, damn it, Jamie. Well, <laughs> bad news. Warner Brothers did purchase the rights oh, to no. remake this movie, so Please they not do Warner own Brothers. it. Oh. Is and... it going to be animated? No, um, live, live action. But the way I, I don't know, but they've they've had it for over a dozen years now, and they haven't done anything with it. So I wonder if they still would. But it's uh, you know, uh, I think it's a threat that's out there, given the given the state that Warner Brothers is in right now. If they were just like. Great news, everybody. We're going to redo the Vengeance trilogy. Well, I think that after seeing them already try and fail horrifically with Old Boy. Yeah. They might not do it again. Yeah, I think. I think they bought it the same way that the BBC bought the tapes of uh, Prince Charles. They're like holding on to them so no one else can do anything with them. Oh. (laughs) Until the time is right. Also smart. Also smart. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, I, but I mean, given the state of Warner Brothers right now, I would not be surprised at them doing anything terrible. Because uh, they seem like a movie studio about like three weeks away from burning down the studio for the insurance money. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously. Good on them. Warner Brothers. Way to go, you guys. <laughs> you have some of the largest stable of recognizable intellectual property in the world and you can't seem to make good movies out of them what andy is saying is obviously we are not funded by warner brothers on this podcast also if it burns down it was not us no no (laughs) i would not take vengeance on warner brothers even though uh i did not like some of those batman superman movies so I still want to see Batgirl. I'm still waiting for so the uh, the the sponsorship for Mucinex to come through because we are going into cold. Where Mucinex. are you, Mucinex? So Purell Where and Mucinex, please, Mucinex? <laughs> please sponsor us because so, we're going to be sick. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and wash my hands a lot and not get sick. But this movie made me sick. Not not in the not in that way. <laughs> not though. in the viral sense. Just in the, not in the way that Mucinex could help. No, just in the cancer of my soul sort of way. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, any are there? Okay, I'm so, so are excited there... to watch the next two with you, you, uh, you sunshiny people. <laughs> so it's well, sad, like how I coped with this movie. As the studio note is like, I want to see a riff tracks if I have to watch this movie again. So oh, I'm probably yeah. going to see if there's a riff tracks of of old boy. Because I spent most of the movie riff tracksing it, like you know, it, it, it to make it more bearable. Yeah, I bet there's a riff tracks of the remake with Josh Brolin. Oh boy, um, which is sorry about that. But don't don't watch that movie. Yeah, it don't. is bad. Don't watch it. Please don't. I won't. That's all right. It really yeah. is. The and the and old boy is actually good. It is. 
it is hard to watch in some in some parts, but not, but not hard to watch in the same way. This is hard to watch. It's not. It's okay. it. It. You feels- may not actually swear at me at all, Brooke. I will oh, be disappointed. That's okay. So that's the thing I want to like. I want to throw out here in studio notes is I feel like the like part of the problem of this movie is it is a really long, slow burn f- through the first two acts. Mm-hmm. And then the third act is bananas with violence and awfulness. And it's just so hard to make it through basically everything after the the death of the sister is just horrible mm-hmm. and i mean it's not that it was easy before then but it's so much worse old boy old boy starts like it's a mystery yeah. it's like oh you're, you you've got this like this dynamic action packed scene to start with and then you get a flashback and then you sort of see the build up to it and then you go back and then you're like oh, okay now now we're following this story now and we're trying to figure out this mystery in real time and it is better paced and even though it is violent and there are things that are disturbing um uh content warning uh he does at one point eat a live octopus and it is disturbing. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I don't, but nothing quite so disturbing as dead child floating in a river. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, and at least it's not a, you know, Takashi Miike film like audition or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're really going hard there. So I mean there there yeah, there I think this will like we talked about, I think sympathy is kind of the the the, the outlier, right? Um just well, a, of it's so realistic, it's so grounded. Old boy feels like I mean this with the highest respect, it feels like a comic book movie. It it is I can it, see that. It, yeah. I won't say it's fun, but it is there's something about it that is a bit more I don't know. It's it's different. So it, it's it's obviously even though it seems like it can be set in our reality, it seems like it is in a slightly different reality. I guess in the same way that like collateral would be. Like where Tom Cruise is a hitman, you know, right. or the Jack Reacher universe where Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher <laughs> <laughs> or any universe where Tom Cruise is, you know, a, an action star anyway. Um, okay. Any other studio notes? This um, movie, is, this movie is better than battlefield earth. Oh, duh. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, bro. Stop making excuses, JB. You have terrible taste. You know. <laughs> Better than Battlefield Earth is the lowest of bars. As yeah. I think that is in the top, the top five, Man. Top five than, worst movies ever made. It's better than Earth. duets. It, no, it is it not better than duets. I would watch duets again. 
<laughs> I might watch duets again. Wow, that might be a good palate cleanser. I don't think you would. I don't I think I should. I'm calling your bluff. No, I don't <laughs> think I, I have too many other good movies I want to watch through, I wanna, know, through the end of I the I want to take apart something with a credit card is what Kit's telling you. <laughs> I want to I wanna watch Decision to Leave, his new movie. That's what I want to watch. Why is it kind of like duets? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch duets. I want to watch Decision to Leave. <laughs> I can't wait to get a a picture of Kit watching duets with like a middle finger up. Like I told you, I was gonna watch it. No, nope. maybe let's. I, I will. Yeah, it's like I would sooner like you know record a YouTube video of singing cruising uh, with a with wigs. Then you know, watch it again. It would probably take about the same amount of time. Now this is sounding fun, though. See, you've made it fun. Yeah. Which that's is, that's the thing is, I can make duets fun. I can't make this fun. I can't. I can't do a YouTube two minute movie with no. wigs of this movie. It, it. There's no like Olaf like joy of, and then he died, and then he killed. You'd him. have to. You'd have to do it differently. You'd have to do the two minute version where he does the kidney. Uh, transplant and then he wakes up with the other kidney and it all ends happily okay ah yeah (laughs) there 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 is a happy version of this movie or he just waits or he just waits an extra week and holds on to the money yeah well and it's it's because i didn't think he got the money i thought that was the problem they didn't no, give had, him the money and they didn't give the, him the kidney. Well, they didn't, but I mean, he had the money in the first place. Yeah, he gave them the money to buy to buy the kidney after they took it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's what yeah. happened? Yeah. 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 I cannot make this movie funny. Yeah. No. Nope. 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 And then... Sorry, we added another horrible plot point for you. Yeah, because <sighs> oh. yeah. Yeah, he, had, he had the 10 million won. Mm-hmm. But she was farther down on the kidney transplant list. Yeah. And they weren't okay. sure they could get a donor. And then so he went to swap his kidney. He went, well, he yeah. went to buy a kidney and they said, you don't have enough money. So we'll take your we'll kidney you. and your money and then we'll oh. find you a kidney. Yeah, because he needed I was and thinking that he, had, he was agreeing to sell his kidney for no. a kidney. And I was like, people don't want B kidneys that badly. No, they took his money and his kidney. And then left him high and dry without the other. Well, then yeah, and then, then you and your raping ass can get you know murdered naked. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No. That studio note. That's another studio <laughs> note. Like yeah. I don't think they needed to no have them be rapists. I think that was yeah. That was that. Although they've got enough already. I mean, although if they are that bad. Raping isn't going to seem like anything to them. Well, yeah, I just well, okay. I think it's not goes- necessary, but it kind of plays into the character development. I think it, yes, but I think there's a lot in this movie where women characters suffer while male male characters develop, and I don't, yep. I don't yep. like that dynamic. Um, I understand it. I understand why it exists. Um, but but it just it feels like another like, oh, violence towards women so that we can hate these bad characters more. OK, mm-hmm. like get it. Um, it's shorthand. But like, does a woman need to be raped? Yeah. Well, no. Why did he take her to the 
lake to bury his his sister didn't he still have like somebody to watch her that that was the other thing that confused me in the studio notes is i don't think he had to take her to the take the I little like girl the barrier yeah, I well, think that uh, was it. She was, oh, young she was home. Young yeah, she Mimi. was home fine before. Yeah, like because young me was like basically like there the first day. I didn't realize that they had kidnapped her. I'm like, where'd they get this child? Um, the uh, so I guess that's my studio note is like draw slightly more connected lines mm-hmm. so that dumb people like me don't have to think while they're witnessing horrific violence as well. Um. Like, or people who are only watching the bottom half of the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, but that I agree with you, Kate, because I was all of a sudden she's in the car with them. And I'm like, why is she doing this? Like she yeah. was home fine for like two days. Couldn't he just left her at the apartment? Yeah. It's not like she was going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaks to the alienation and isolation that they face that he doesn't have anyone else that he could just like, hey, can you watch this kid for three hours you know yeah and or just i don't tonight. know take it take the child back i don't know or take because well, i think back. i think that was the the intention was that he was going to go bury his sister and then take the child back and it's like you could have taken her back first just saying and then yeah and then yeah, gone and buried probably, her sister yeah. but i think he was but not at the time <laughs> she was sobbing because she was attached to her and now she's dead right yeah and like soon was sobbing he was sobbing like emotional override takes place of I failed everything that she wanted and so I'm mm-hmm. going to follow through with the this last thing. wish that she had to be buried by the lady. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And his utter failure took over of I'm just going to get this one thing right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other studio notes? Um. Don't make purchases online while discussing this movie because you're not going to pay attention to any of the details because this movie's so distracting and then you're going to send a kid's set of tarot cards to your stepmother in Washington when they're supposed to be coming to Utah and just don't do it. Oh, wow. You can cancel that order and then, you know, rebuy it's it. It's not right? letting me cancel. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I'm sorry. My stepmom's now going to think I'm making my daughter a witch. So, well, you should be. <laughs> so, that fuck was... you, JB. No, that's that one. I I won't own that one. That's on Amazon. <laughs> that's Amazon's fault, not mine. All right. Oh, it's not even through Amazon, or it would be an easy fix. Oh, rats. oh. Well, there we go. Oh well. oh well. Okay, this is not a happy or quippy um, script, but do we have any? favorite one-liners or quotes i don't think of a favorite but the the line that stuck out to me the most was the one about if everyone just had access to what they needed we wouldn't even be considering this and then the downfall of the rest of the movie i i think that the there were some moments where they the characters themselves were a bit funny like that the story jb was telling about or this about uh, the girlfriend saying like there was the man in Australia with two heads, but he was always getting headaches. So he shot himself in one of his heads and uh, Rio was like the left or the right. Yeah. Right. So, that's like, mine. That's my, that was, my that's favorite. the, that's the only one I can really think about that. And the complete callous assholeness 
of the inspector outside the van office just being like, oh, you know, we need how much for this operation? It's a good thing we're poor. Our kids would, you know, don't get kidnapped and killed. It's like, dude, he is three feet from you. Yeah. Right. So I have two. One I think is the only, well, like like you said, Kit, there is one that was a really funny line and probably because it was so oddly placed and timed. And then I think I have another one that was kind of the summary of all of the movie. So the, the summary of all the movie is when he goes to the, when he brings the boy into the hospital and he says, how, how is he doing? And the doctor says, if I were an optimistic doctor, I would tell you there was hope. And I think yeah, that line kind of des- describes the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause there isn't going to be any, there is a line when he takes the drawings to the, 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 I can't remember who it was. It was like the, the, the school or the secretary at his work. And she recognizes the, the paintings that Rio had did. Oh yeah. And she goes, wait, he's the kidnapper. And she turns to the side and she says, I shouldn't send him a gift then. You yep. haven't sent that, have you? Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what in the world does that just happen? Cause it was so like, where we grew up right Mm -hmm. like oh no i was supposed to send this person a gift but now they're bad so you haven't sent the gift right well that was the radio station wasn't it okay it was the radio station she said she was gonna she was gonna send like a a small kimchi refrigerator yeah and she's like oh i shouldn't send him a gift then and then turns to the side and goes you haven't sent that have you like i don't know why but that so caught me off guard yeah, um, that's pretty good. just someone who did not understand the context of anything that was happening um, and still had to say this line. But that was the one that I was that just wow, what a weirdly placed line. Yeah. So. OK, those are the only two I had. Is there a best side character here? <laughs> Yonsun. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Your son was really was really like by the end she was engaging um i really liked by the way her name is ria's sister fuck that shit oh, um yeah like that's when you have a character name that's not even it's like well you failed the bechdel test um right. but yeah i thought ria's sister was was good and i i also really liked the radio host thought she was great. Mm-hmm. trying to do her thing yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good best idea. song. I mean, I I really did like the the song about how we have a big army and we're a strong democracy. And, yeah, that was awesome. There, I don't know. I don't know what that song is. I don't know what that song is, but I'm like, this is fun. I thought maybe it was the national anthem. It is not. Um, yeah, I was I'm not trying. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what it was, but I'm just like, oh, it's like their version of a skip rope rhyme of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the the propaganda about how we're so much better than North Korea. Mm. Like, hey, that's fun. Sure. <laughs> sure. I get it. Yeah. Just Go like this it. movie's better than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Just slightly, apparently. North Korea, the battlefield earth of countries. Like I'm not, I'm not sure. 
now I'm okay. doubting it. I better go watch Battlefield Earth and duets just to make sure. That, oh, that no. said, my like six hours that I spent in Seoul, that city is incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like the like everything that I went and saw as a tourist was a maze. But I'm sure it's very much like LA where you have like you're amazed parts and then you drive three or four blocks and it's like, Oh, there's abject poverty here. Right. Um, so. And, and I feel like that was the point of parasite was exactly that. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. the, the family in their little basement apartment, you know, barely surviving. So Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Controversy time. Is this a good movie? No. Fuck. It's an important movie. Um, it's a well-made movie. It's I'm, a well-made movie. I just don't. Yeah. Like it. It, well, yeah. It's it's a good movie that it's totally understandable if it's not liked. Yeah. Right. It's a good movie okay. that I am not going to revisit anytime soon. Maybe ever again. I don't know. Yeah. But, I think it has importance. I think like. Historically, sociologically, um, for a lot of reasons, it, it holds importance. I'm glad to have watched it. I would never recommend it to anyone. Yes. JB. <laughs> to be that fair, I have, not, I have not well, shown it to any children. Watching it so you too can say fuck you to JB. I'm going to have to hide my Facebook account. Oh. <laughs> we'll only be like for a week. Because, I mean, yeah. but exactly I what, what Brooke and Andy said, where it's like, this is a beautifully made film. It has a lot to say. It's, you know, if you could take out the third act and the graphic violence, it's like incredibly important to discuss and be aware of. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. I, it's like if a friend's like, hey, I was thinking of watching Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. I'd be like, do you hate yourself? I'll, I'll be like, all right, you might want to take some Xanax with that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, please have your therapist number uh, steady by as you watch it in case you need it. Like, take breaks. Would you say? Would you say that this is like a film class type movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think that's how I film class movie. That's how I got into him. He as a director is is it was like how would you restructure this? Um. You, you know, like what did what did they do right how, how, in terms of the shots, the sound, the visuals, and then how would you make it more palatable or would you or would you not? Yeah. So that's it. It is. I, I felt like that, too. It's definitely like like we did. It's an argumentative discussion piece. Hey, maybe JB. More so than a movie. I know. Just so you know. No. We're just a friendly <laughs> podcast. We're not a class. <laughs> You all, get A's. you all get A's though. <laughs> Good. We'll give we'll give uh, a half credit at the community college of your choice. Yeah, this is an extension. Remember how call. I didn't graduate high school or college? <laughs> Not that important to me. If you listen to all of this, then I'm sure no, wait. Because we, we talk about like we talk about franchise movies, not artsy movies that often. We this is not film class. Like you go listen to, uh, I don't know, someone else <laughs> to get <laughs> to get actual film class. Like, like but this is 
someone just else. A, just do a search on Apple Podcasts. You'll find uh, you know, uh, go go listen to You Must Remember This delightful podcast. So you know, go full of the history of uh, <laughs> the history of. Uh, go listen uh, to Delilah. Love someone tonight. All right. Is the main character a good person? Ugh. No. Nope. <laughs> Almost no, no one no. in this movie is a good person. So are they good people before something bad happens to them? Uh, Ryu is. No. Yes. I, I, think, I think Ryu that. is an imperfect person, and he could have gone one of two ways, but he obviously broke and went the wrong way. Um. I think Mr. Park was already down this dark path when we started this movie because he just didn't seem to have any compassion. That said, if someone showed up at my house and started cutting themselves with an exacto knife, I would be like, I'm calling the cops. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think that's the differentiator, right? Andy is were these characters good before a traumatic event, like a horrifically or set of traumatic events. Yeah, I I find it interesting that my initial reaction to that was just no. When I made so many allowances and provisions for James Bond being able to be a good person and or just the the right type of person to do his job. But then watching these people who were actually good people that were just stretched too far and had complete desperation get broken. And my response is no. Well, because I agree with all of you. I don't think he was a bad person. I just my initial reaction was one that surprised my own self. Right. Well, because James Bond is always doing it under the imprimatur of, you know, doing it for queen and country. And so it's like or a snazzy like little with great one liners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because he is he's doing a job he's not doing this because he wants to take vengeance on people this is you know this is his career and he he takes orders from people and he's doing it to protect you know the monarchy and and british empire and and on and on and on and that's why he has to have sex with all the women absolutely that's why i do yeah 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 you gotta protect queen and country all the women with oral i will protect you <laughs> baby I'll, let's crew i'll take that job sure yeah um just listen to my words from here. <laughs> don't you take apart the seat in front of you <laughs> with a master card dear all right. Um, it's sad because she died. <laughs> that's, my, that's my new favorite Christmas song. It's sad because she died. <laughs> All right. And should we show this to children? No. no. Never. No. Not even no. adults. Don't Not show even. I mean, have you guys seen the movie We Need to Talk About Kevin? Um, no. no. Okay, don't. Because okay. it's almost as horrible as this movie. Almost, but it's American. Um, And I feel like maybe that kid watched this movie on repeat every day of his childhood. Oh, he watched the rest of that movie happen. He watched Vertigo every day. That was his problem. Kevin did? Oh, no. Uh, Everybody did. Park did. Yeah, Park did too, but I'm just, everybody watched it. Yeah. I I was going to say Quentin Tarantino obviously watched this movie on repeat. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. And Man, he, he loves this movie. He loves this movie. He loves he loves Park in general. He was an early booster of his work, and one of the reasons <laughs> why, you know, a, a film like Old Boy got uh, distributed in the U.S. Um, so, you know, there's there's that. Uh, which brings us to next week. Um, I I jumped the gun last <laughs> week. For anyone still here? <laughs> I jumped the gun last week and said we should be watching Old Boy uh, because I had I I'm a dumb dumb um, and assumed that because I had watched Old Boy first that was in fact the first released movie and that is obviously not true. Somebody um, get a baseball bat off with his head. Off with my head. I'm I'm evil. Uh, Still trying to figure out where you got dumb dumb from. You're a uh, a small sucker? Like I'm confused. Yeah, I'm a dum dum. You know. Give you gum gum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Back a, to I'm the a, oral. I'm a super poopy head. What a gift. <laughs> anyway, so Go plug uh, now we baby. now we now we get to watch Old Boy, which uh, I hope should be more enjoyable. Um, it is not Christmassy. Uh, it is violent. But it is at least a little more, a little less bleak. Oh, although that ending is pretty bleak. <laughs> I, no, I was like, you should stop while you're ahead. I'm gonna, you yeah, stop. I'm gonna stop. You stop it's, while you're ahead. It's pretty bleak. Um, it, it, it's, it's it's a better movie, but yeah, be be ready for it. So, goodness, um, I don't I don't know that it's. I, I can't remember, Brooke, what you said. Soul something or soul crushing. Soul cancer? Yes. Yeah, it's not that. It's more like soul herpes. Arrhythmia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love like, the I like how you both said soul herpes. That was almost like a duet. <laughs> we weren't raised well... in the same household. Away. <laughs> Soul herpes. Yeah, no, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it it is hard. Okay. Um, in, in all honesty, am I going to be okay watching this movie going into surgery with my daughter the next day? No. No, not the next day. <laughs> or two days not. later. Okay. I'll watch it tonight then. Yeah. Get out maybe, of the way. Maybe watch it ASAP, and then yeah, and then we'll see how you feel. All right. Just, yeah. No, it's the third movie in this batch, just as horrible. Andy doesn't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it. JB, well, I don't JB? know. What do you think? It's different. I, I think it may be. Do I need to watch it tonight? Also, do I just need to get them all out of the way so I'm not doing these during surgery week? Um, I think Lady Vengeance is a little more um, understandable, right? Because she's in prison for something she didn't do for like 13 years. Um, she didn't commit the murder, and so she goes and commits and gets revenge against the real murderer. Okay, so we've got Boy and Lady Vengeance. Are these so, streamable? Uh, I don't know if Old Boy is. Old right Boy now. is not. It is very hard to find. Um, so you will. I the, have to work for this. A remake. Talk to talk to me and Kit. We can we can hook you up. I think I think I would say Lady Vengeance is a little more. It's still violent and such, but I think it's 
I want to say justifiable, but the vengeance makes more sense, right? Because yeah. like yep. the, the the person is the bad, it's like a legit bad guy, and she suffered because of the, the bad character, and so she goes and gets him. Kind of now, are there only three movies that we're doing? Yes. Well, yeah. And, so, Brooke, I don't know if this will make you feel better, but it could mean that you're an unofficial Wilson now because it is a tradition to watch an extremely violent movie for Christmas on Christmas. So you're you're now part of the, the clan. Or that sounded terrible. Yay. <laughs> uh, you know, don't be I've been working to get into this clan since high school, so I'm finally right. here. Oh, welcome. Well, hey, I, I have really good health insurance benefits if you want to, you know. That was the here. least convincing welcome I've ever heard from kids. Oh, welcome. Well, it's, more, it's more like, sorry. Come on in. Don't let Come the on in, sorry. It's, yeah. yeah, it's quite like, you know, taking people to our house in high school. Welcome. Sorry. So. Our house was well. That's yeah. <laughs> all. If you were allowed in. You weren't off. <gasps> I made protecting it. you. Let's face it. It's alright, I appreciate it. I, I skated in. Yeah, you got in. Barely, barely. Barely, barely. Anywho. Um, yeah, so let's watch Old Boy and have your yes, favorite. Have a better, <laughs> have some sort of holiday cheer. Would you ready. like some wassail with that? Yeah. I yeah. love that, Andy. That was so good. Let's watch Old yeah. Boy and we're all like, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. But have some holiday cheer ready to watch it with you. Uh oh, with that we'll uh we'll see y'all next week. Um uh What big, a gift. Big what kiss gift. goodbye, everybody. I'm re gifting Plug yourself. <laughs> Throw back your head and kiss it all goodbye. Thank you, that will be all. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.